Well, as we move to the book of 2 Peter, we're reminded that every pastor is in the reminding business. And Peter was no exception. He had been challenged by the Lord Jesus Christ to shepherd his people. And that's what Peter was doing as he writes 2 Peter. He's giving us friendly reminders. Man, we all need them. Today we have technology. It used to be you'd use a sticky note to remind yourself of something. Now you can just speak a reminder into your phone. But how we need spiritual reminders to remember who we are, what kingdom we represent, and who it is that we serve. We'll look at that in more depth in 2 Peter chapter 1 today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Right in the margin, if you are taking notes or you write in your Bible, Titus 2.13, we are awaiting the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Titus 2.13. So there are uh, several verses in the Bible that are deity verses uh, that clearly show that Jesus is God outside of the Gospels, like the Gospel of John. This is one of them. Jesus is called our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's exactly what he is. He's God the Son. And the righteousness in verse 1 is probably the righteousness that comes to us by faith. We get what's called an imputed righteousness. The moment that you trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior, God takes the righteousness of Jesus and credits it to your account when you place faith in Christ. Salvation is a gift, and what you get is forgiveness of sins, but more than that, you get the righteousness of Jesus Christ credited to your account by faith. Just write these verses down. Romans 5, 19. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Galatians 3, 21 and 22. And I'll take you to one because I think it's important that you just see this for a second. It's, this is Philippians, a little bit back. Philippians 3, Paul's been giving his uh, resume or his pedigree in Philippians, and he says these words, Philippians 3, uh, verse 7. Whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted lost for the sake of Christ. More than that, Philippians 3, 8, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing this is going to be a key word in 2 Peter, knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and may be found in him not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through what? Faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. Everybody got that? Righteousness comes from God through faith, not works of the law, because if anybody had works of the law, it was Saul who became Paul, right? He just gave his resume. But it's the basis of faith. And so this is um, what Peter is after, I think, in the first verse, so that we know that the faith, uh, the righteousness comes through faith. Okay, 2 Peter 2, verse 2. 2 Peter 2, verse 2. Flip back there. He opens with a greeting that's common in the New Testament, often called the Siamese twins of the New Testament. 
2 Peter 2, 2, he says grace and peace. But then he adds something that's a little different. Be multiplied to you. Grace and peace apparently can multiply. Do you like that? Because sometimes we think, well, grace and peace are just kind of these greetings, but they can, grace and peace can multiply in your life, which means that grace here is more than just a forensic term of right standing with God, saved by grace. We all believe that. We know that. But there's another meaning of grace, and grace is almost a synonym for God's strength. You can grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, and you can get more grace in your life. How many of you would like more grace in your life? Paul wrote about the thorn in his flesh, 2 Corinthians 12. He prayed about it three times, and Jesus' response was, my grace is what? Sufficient for you. That's not saving grace there. Paul's already saved. The grace that's sufficient for him is in the situation what the Lord was saying to Paul is, I'm not going to remove the thorn right now. So you're going to have to rely upon my grace. My grace is going to be sufficient for you. So we say, then give me more grace, Lord, especially if this thorn's going to still be hanging out of my side. Oh, yeah. Anyway. So grace and peace be multiplied to you. What a great prayer. What a great way to maybe end a correspondence to someone. Grace and peace be multiplied. Let it be made full. Let it multiply. Let it grow. Let it increase greatly to you. In what? In the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now, I think the word knowledge or a form of know, which is gnosis or the intensified form is epinosis, is used about 13 times in this little letter. Knowledge. Gnosis or I think most of the time it's epinosis. Epinosis is a thorough knowledge, a full knowledge. Uh, let me give you an example. Um, there are certain people that you've been listening to their radio show for years. You might have read a biography. Maybe they passed on a century ago. You may have uh, watched somebody in the movies. You feel like you know them. They don't know you. <laughs> Why? Well, because let's just take a radio show. Let's say that you've listened to a radio pastor for a lot of years and you feel like you know that person and that's cool and I, that's a blessing. However, you don't really have a relationship with them, do you? You know certain things about them. You, know, you might know their personality or style or whatever, but you don't really know them. There's no relationship. And by the way, if you go up to somebody that, let's say they've been a movie star for years and you feel like you know them and they don't know you, they may call security, just so you know. Even though you feel like you know them, they don't know you. <laughs> there is a difference in the scriptures, and just, this is just logical, real life, between having a set of facts and knowing somebody. And it is true in the scriptures, that you can have knowledge, and this is true, I think, experientially, and not know God. Do you know that there are some people in seminaries that are, the seminaries have become completely bankrupt. They know things about the Bible. They know the Greek and Hebrew better than any of us. They know history. They know archaeology, but they don't know God. The Pharisees 
who did all kinds of religious things, fast twice a week. How many of you do that? <laughs> Not me. Anyway, some of you may. Um, they, they give tithes. They do this and that. And they don't know God. You can do the law and not know God. You can have knowledge and not know God. So there's something to be said for what's called here epinosis. If you want the spelling E-P-I-G-N-O-S-I-S. Epinosis, a thorough knowledge. You see, grace and peace are connected to a thorough knowledge of God. Think of grace and peace as cause and effect. Grace is the cause, the effect is peace. You can't have peace without grace. But you can have more peace in your life with more grace. Do you think there are some Christians who have more peace than others? Yeah. Do you think there are Christians that are experiencing more of God's strength than others? Yes. What do you think is the difference? I would argue from what Peter's saying, it's how well you know the Lord. How close you are to him. How much you're spending time in the things of God. So epinosis is this intensified form. It's used in the Old Testament sense of knowledge as recognition of the will of God. It means it can speak of a process of knowing, like to learn about, to find out, to come to know. So it could imply a process. But it speaks of full discernment or a mature knowledge of God. Are you growing? Or can I back, take a step back? Do you know him? I told somebody in the last five or 10 years, I know God. And he went, oh, you got to be kidding. <laughs> And I was like, no, I'm not kidding. I know God. I have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. what are you talking about? That's crazy. Because it wasn't measurable. God is spirit, right? So how do you have a relationship with God? But do you have a relationship with God right now? My sheep, they hear my voice and I know them. I give them eternal life. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18 is a prayer. And Paul, at the end of that, says, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you and the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints. And in verse 17, he says, I'm praying that you may know him better, that the eyes of your heart may be opened, that you may know God better. Seeing, verse 3, that his divine power has granted to us, the church, how much? Everything pertaining to life and godliness you have right now. You have everything in Christ that pertains to life and godliness right now. All you need to do is grow. I was uh, spending some time with two young men. We're going through some one-to-one -one discipleship. And we're, it was around the lunch hour. And we're talking about some of these concepts. And I said, look, when a baby's born, does a baby have everything that it will need for the rest of its life? Well, in one sense, no, but in one sense, yes. Let's, let's back up for a second. Let me just put it this way. Does it have all of the necessary parts? Equipment, in quotes. Brain function, circulatory system, all that it needs. Talking about a normal baby now. From the time it's born, the only thing that that baby needs to do
Hey folks, this is Pastor Michael. I just want to share my heart for a second. We have a website called walkintruth.com and we've put up a store and we're adding more and more products to it. But one of the reasons I want to get you to that store is that you can partner with us in the ministry. You know, radio airtime costs money and we want to reach more people. If you're being blessed by this ministry, one of the ways that you can partner with us is to go to the website and purchase a product. You can also purchase my book on The Armor of God. I'll get you a signed copy and whatever you give to the ministry will go directly to paying for radio airtime. That's one way you can partner with us. You can help us reach more people like you and you can partner with us in the gospel ministry. It's a great thing. We appreciate you. We love you. Pray for us. We'll keep praying for you. Reach out to us today through the store at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. God bless you. Does a baby have everything that it will need for the rest of its life? Well, in one sense, no, but in one sense, yes. Let's, let's back up for a second. Let me just put it this way. Does it have all of the necessary parts? Equipment, in quotes, brain function, circulatory system, all that it needs. Talking about a normal baby now. From the time it's born, the only thing that that baby needs to do is grow. There's not going to be any additions in the sense of what it has, humanly speaking. It just needs to grow. And when you are born again, you're a baby Christian. And at the moment you're born again, according to Peter, you have everything you need in regard to life and godly living. The only thing you need to do is grow. 2 Peter 3.18 is the theme verse. But grow in the grace and knowledge. Are you growing? First, you got to ask, do you know him? Do you have a personal relationship? When Christians talk about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what we're talking about. Do you know him? I'm not asking you if you know a set of facts. I'm not asking you if you go to church. I'm not asking you if you've been baptized. Those are all wonderful things. I'm asking you, do you know him? And if you know him, you know that you know him. Amen? You see, his spirit bears witness with our spirit. And this is, you could call it subjective experience. But it's something that happens on the inside. I know that I know him. I've been born again to a living hope. I'm in his family. I want to grow. I'm trying to grow. There's things that I can do that help that growth. But his divine power, look at verse 3. God's dunamis power has granted to us everything that we need for this, I would argue, this new life, the new creation in Christ, and godliness, which means a God-centered life or a God-dominated life, through the true knowledge of him. This goes back to the epinosis. The, you got to have the right God, the right knowledge of him, who called us by his own glory and excellence. He called you. You responded to the call. Now you're in. So think about a baby. What does a baby need to grow? Nourishment, time, schooling, experience, life lessons, training, discipline, failure, success. 
These can all contribute to growth. So God can work all things together for good, for your growth. And I'm sure that if you know that you've been born again and you've been on this journey for a while, you've probably experienced everything I just read (laughs) multiple times. That's how you grow. For by these, look at verse four, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises in order that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption or decay that is in the world by lust. God has given us, by his divine power, everything we need. He's given us this true knowledge, and he has given us, verse 4, he has granted us precious and magnificent promises. The word precious is a interesting word because it speaks of that which is beyond even calculation. It, it speaks of something that, that's of great value. I remember John Corson was talking about a daughter, his daughter that died. And they were cleaning out a closet in their home and they came across a lock of hair from their daughter that had been bagged for something that she was involved in. And he said the only word that they could think of in finding the lock of hair of a daughter that has now gone into heaven was the word precious. Do you know the big fisherman, this big studly fisherman, Peter, used the word precious over and over again. God's promises are precious. Are they precious to you? Think about Peter. He's probably awaiting, you know, being beheaded by this crazed Nero Roman emperor. You think God's promises were precious to him? Can you think about how many times he may have replayed the miracles of Jesus? The moment when he walked on water and sunk? The moment that he saw Jesus transfigured on the holy mountain? The time when he said to a little girl, arise, and she woke up and she was dead? Standing at Lazarus's tomb and Jesus calling to the other side of the grave and get an answer? You know, he was, he was probably, you know, if we're talking the late 60s, he's 30 plus years removed from all of these events. How precious do you think the promises were? They're not only precious, they're magnificent. Is there anything close to the promises that you have in Scripture of eternal life, of the kingdom of heaven, of the new Jerusalem, of knowing that the one who said the curse is going to be reversed, death is going to die, he who speaks these words, he is faithful and what? True. They're precious. In fact, they're the most precious things in my life. Nothing compares. Because everything else is temporal. We can talk about, I enjoy talking about other things. I'll talk football with you. I'll talk Harley Davidson's with you. I can even talk a little bit of the stock market with you. (laughs) But in the end, nothing compares to the precious and magnificent promises that we have in Christ. And we, these precious and magnificent promises are where we get the knowledge that we need, the right knowledge, in order that by them, by the promises, you might become partakers of the divine nature. Now, does this mean that we're little gods? No. (laughs) But we are made in the image of God, and in some way, we partake of the divine nature, or some people have put it, the divine life. In what sense do I partake 
of the divine nature. Not that I'm divine. One God, nobody else is God. He is it. He's cornered the market on deity. Amen? Anybody who says they're a God, back away slowly, quickly. <laughs> right? There's false gods. Satan is called the God of this age. But there's only one true God by nature, Galatians 4.8. So then how do you partake in God's nature? I think this. And here's where we need some precision. When you're born again, what happens to you? Jesus said, unless to Nicodemus, the teacher of Israel, unless you are born again, you will what? You will not see the kingdom of heaven. And then he said, being, he talked about being born of water and what? The spirit. You got to be born again of the Holy Spirit. You can look at Titus 3 and other places. What happens when you're born again of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit comes and what? Lives in you. And you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's how you partake of the divine nature. You don't become a God. You will never be God. You will never be a little God. But when the Holy Spirit resides in you, the divine nature you now partake of. Everybody with me? In that, God now lives in you. And by virtue of that life that is in you, the life of the Spirit, you can now manifest the things of the Spirit because the Spirit of God lives in you. Amen? And that's how you partake of that divine nature. So the promises of God are in the Holy Scriptures, Romans 1-2. He who promised is faithful, Hebrews 10-23. All the promises are yes and amen through Jesus Christ, uh, 2 Corinthians 1-20. God's promises are true, and he promised to send the Spirit, and the Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. And every time somebody opens up their heart to Christ, they're born again or literally born from above. The Spirit comes and resides in me. And tonight, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Have you come to recognize his voice yet? And you'll get little nudges. Sometimes you can grieve the Spirit. Sometimes you can quench the Spirit. But oftentimes you'll hear the Spirit in a still, small voice. And you learn to tune into that voice as you read the Bible, as you spend time in prayer. It's his power that works mightily within us. Ephesians 3.20. We're strengthened with power in the inner man through his spirit. Ephesians 3.16. Paul says, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. That's what we're talking about. The divine nature being a partaker of it. The divine life. His life it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me and through me. It's the power of the Spirit. Wait until you receive power from on high. Amen? Amen? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Ever tasted that power? I've tasted it oftentimes when I'm preaching. 
And I'll go back and listen to a message that I preached and I'll say something like this. Boy, that was good. <laughs> Who is that guy? <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know where that came from. Well, wait a minute. I do know where that came from. Now, it's not always that way. Sometimes in your humanity, when you're preaching, you, you go, uh-oh, I'm not sure this is happening <laughs> right now. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, the power of the Spirit makes all the difference, doesn't it? And we have that power in us. And this is how we're going to escape the corruption of the world. Now, I'm going to give you um, a list and I'm on limited time. Mm-hmm. But let's move into it. And here's, here's the, the thing I just want to say at the outset. This is 2 Timothy 4.10 Paul says, Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me. Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me. It's possible to get sucked back into the world and its ways if, you don't, if you're not diligent. Here's where we're going. This is a list of how you fight the good fight, how, do you, how you work out what God is working in, how you walk in the good works that God's prepared that you should walk in them. Here's verse 5. Now, for this very reason, everything that I just said, Peter would say, also applying all diligence in your faith. Faith is the foundation. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He's going to start giving a list. Now, depending on how you count it, it's either seven or eight. Seven's good because it's the number of completion. Eight's good because it's the number of new beginnings. So I'll let you just decide how you want to count it. But you need to apply all diligence. Now, what does it mean to be diligent? It means that you're on the ball. If you have a diligent worker, it means they show up on time, they work hard, they do what they're supposed to do. They're diligent. Someone who's not diligent is the opposite. (laughs) Not hard to figure out. In your faith, you need to do these things. There is an application. There's your part, it, yeah, you, it's the divine nature. Yes, it's the power of God. But you, in some way, must cooperate. The faucet runs, but you got to get under to take a drink. Go, 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 go. The ocean waves are coming, but you got to come up with your little cup and say, I don't know where you fill my cup today. And the Lord says, I got plenty of water. Just come on up here. <laughs> take your little cup. You'll be all right. Hey folks, this is Pastor Michael, and I appreciate you listening to today's message. I want to tell you about the store at walkintruth.com. On the store, we have a brand new teaching up. It's on the occult. It's called The Dark Dangers of the Occult. And we have taught on the subject of demon possession, and we also have taught on the subject of Wicca or witchcraft. And there's more to come. And you need to know about this subject. You need to know what's going on with the occult, what the Bible says about it. It warns about it being forbidden. It warns that you should not mess with it. But there's also something else. We need to reach out to people in love with the truth of Jesus who've gotten involved in the occult. You can have access to this information, these resources to learn more and to become a more effective ambassador for Christ. It's all available at the Walk in Truth store at walkintruth.com. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.